Hey there, lovely Water Trio listeners. You're joined uh, with Kelly, Alicia, and myself, and we're the Water Trio, and we are offering you all the Astro Insights for the week beginning December 9, 2019. So approaching the end of the decade, and how are you both? Oh, good. Very happy to be back chatting with you gals. I feel like we're back into our usual routine. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And how are you, Leishy? Yeah, good. Better. Much better than before, that's for sure. Yeah. Mercury and Scorpio retrograde definitely delivered up, delivered up the snot, not just for me. <laughs> yeah, lots of congestion, yeah. lots of colds mm-hmm. and bugs and snotty noses, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm uh, currently fighting off round two, and which actually prompted me to uh, buy a bottle of scotch last night. And what? let's say a, a shot of whiskey does wonders for the uh, for the bugs. That's for sure. Does wonders for lots of things. But anyway, let's go straight into. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big week. It's a full moon in Gemini week. So there's a- lots to talk about. So many things. Um, And so I think it might be you, Alicia, that is starting with Mercury's ingress into Sagittarius this week. Yes, yes. And I am just so excited for this to happen personally. Um, You know, just to get out of the watery, deep, depths of Scorpio and to stop digging up all the stuff. Um, I don't know how this has been for other people, but I've been hearing, you know, it's been what eight weeks it's been in Scorpio. It's been a really delayed long time um, since the retrograde. So it just feels like it's time to finally shake it off and move forward and get on into Sagittarius. Now I know that Mercury in Sagittarius is technically in its detriment. So it's not necessarily the best ground for Mercury, but it's definitely better than you know, being slow, being backwards and being under pressure in that Scorpio place. So there's just that feeling of our thoughts being a bit more uplifted, a a confidence in our words and having this sense of being inspired again in our conversations Mm. and and how we connect and, and the messages that we give to others and receive from others as well is just a lot more, um, hope and optimism. I think that as well, because in Mercury and Scorpio has been sextile, the Saturn and the Pluto and all that stuff in Capricorn. So it is going to move away from that for a little while uh, and give us a bit of a break before we kind of do that slide into the rest of Capricorn season later in the month. But yeah, what about you guys? What, what are you feeling about with this? Kaz? Well, I mean, yeah, I do agree, Leash. Like, I know technically that uh, Mercury and Sag is in detriment, you know, but I always try to think experientially about things and the contrast Mm. as well. And Mercury and Sag may not be the best for super detailed analytical style work, but it is much more optimistic and hopeful. You know, there's more of a storytelling or look at the possibilities or talk about big plans type of thing. Now, you know, Mercury and Sag can overdo that or can like think it's that overestimating. Oh, I can do all of that. Uh, and so I think the next couple of weeks, because Mercury will be in Sag for about two and a half weeks till December 28th, it is a chance just to connect with a mindset that's a little bit more hopeful or forward looking. And I do think after the intense eight weeks of Mercury and Scorpio, where we've all been navel gazing or dealing with some of our emotional pain and angst and frustration, I think we're all going to enjoy that change. Yeah, it kicks in Monday. So basically we start this week, new Mercury sign, new mindset. 
Uh, what about you, Cass? Did you have any thoughts on this too? Yeah, I totally agree with you girls on the detriment factor. Like it's not the best version of Mercury. However, you know, talking about the experiential side of things, I mean, Mercury will be tracing the ground that Jupiter's just left. So mm. I think in a practical component, there is the ability perhaps to deal with some logistics or details of the big picture vision of what Jupiter and Sagittarius brought and perhaps, you know, figure out or get some, wrap your head around some of those bigger ideas or the bright ideas and maybe, you know, attempt to try and get a little bit of, you know, Mercury around the big picture of, uh, of Jupiter. And I guess too, you know, if through this uh, transit of Mercury in Sagittarius, it is actually looking to a very grounded version of Jupiter for this transit, Jupiter being, mm. in uh, Jupiter being in Capricorn now. So it does kind of pull on Jupiter's, uh, sorry, on Sagittarius's leash just a little bit. So, um, you know, it could bring us to those Jupiter details in a little bit better way. So, you know, I think it might be a nice time as we lead into the end of the year end of the decade, all of those things to perhaps, okay, what were those big picture dreams for the last 12 months? And maybe write that list or attend to those to-do things or attend to some logistics and details to plan and, and move forward with. So yeah, not the best Mercury on paper, but still I think potentially workable. Mm. And I like that point that you were making about it retracing Jupiter's steps because it is a really nice time of the year to be reflective about what all year has brought us. So it's almost like Mercury in this place can look back on that whole stint of Jupiter in in Sagittarius and, and revisit all the good times because, you know, this is one of the things I find stands against the bad times is memories of the good. And it's that yeah. sense that, you know, it can help you be resolved to things and resolute in things when you know, you know what, good times are on the horizon again. We've just got to get through where we're going, which will be a little bit of the themes with, with Jupiter and Capricorn, you know, just this head down, bum up, let's get focused for the year ahead. And and Mercury in, in Sag will remind us of, of all the great stuff that happened and that's in the pipeline to come. So, yeah, totally. I liked what you were saying, Cass. Yeah. Totally. So that's that's a big shift to kick off the week. Yeah, And links sure. into that. And links into because that's going to be ruling that um, moon. Are you up next, Cass, with that full moon? No, I'm not. Um, or am I? What are you, are you going to? Oh, it's yeah. me. Okay. Yeah. So I know I was going to take the full moon in Gemini because I guess I'm qualified. Um, <laughs> yeah. So just the details on the full moon before we uh, break it down. So uh, here in Australia, it'll be uh, the 12th, December 12th, um, around three in the afternoon, 3.12 if you're here in Queensland or an hour later in the southern states. Uh, so it'll be the 12th for everybody. It'll be just after midnight in New York and uh, early morning coffee time around 5 a.m. in London. So we have uh, the full moon in Gemini always highlights those social interactions, the connections. It's almost like the peak of the the silly season, if you like. It's that last minute rush to 
do all the things, unleash your uh, social butterfly tendencies. So I think this is a great time to sort of get curious and get, uh, you know, get social, connect with all the people. I mean, I always used to have this joke back in the day, like I'll still be alive after December 25. We can yeah. catch up in January. So it does yeah, kind of, yeah. the full moon, like we can really heighten that kind of crazy busy. And it also might be, you know, do I really need to do all those things as well? So there is a bit of a Neptune influence under this uh full moon as well. Um, so there might be a little bit of confusion or madness in the details. I mean, this full moon could almost be a bit of a mini Mercury retrograde. I've kind of thought about it a little bit like that with the Neptune component there. Um, so it would might be helpful to kind of get clear on what you can do or can't do, what you're going to say yes to and what you're going to say no to um, as we lead into that uh, that full moon on Thursday for everybody as well. So it also might be an invitation to check out. You know, we don't have to do busy if we don't really want to do busy and just do the things that really nourish you and support you um, as we move into a new year. So, yeah, I don't, you know, that's, I always lean back on my thing. Um, I'll be alive after December 25. So if it is too mad, too crazy, saying no is also okay as well. So um, what do you girls think about the full moon in Gemini this week? Well, I mean, (laughs) all the things you're saying, Cass, I was just going to put the chart on the screen so people can see. There's the full moon at 19 Gemini, and this is the square to Neptune that you're talking about, Cass. Um, Yeah, so I love what you're saying, Cass, around the whole um, confusion or perhaps, you know, it could be a little bit overwhelming. I think full moon in Gemini can be a little bit scattered anyway, and then Neptune coming in is just like, juggling too many things, too many balls in the air. Uh, The socializing for sure, I always seem to find myself doing a big group get together either with friends or family around this Gemini full moon. It is a part of my favorite time of the silly season. You know, we always have a Gemini full moon somewhere between about 21st of November and the 22nd of December every year. So it is a bit hectic, but I kind of like getting swept up in it. So I just it's good for me to know when it is. And the other thing, because I'm a little bit um, old school, I'm usually doing um, Christmas cards or solstice cards, depending on mm. who I'm writing to or what have you. So I always find the full moon in Gemini for me is a lot about letters and cards and packages, like sort of that old school Gemini communication. Um, and I really like that. So that I, I know I've already started doing some of my seasonal cards, but I know that you know, it's going to take me a few days to get through everything. And, you know, my deadline I try to will have will will be to get everything out by then. Uh, Yeah. What about you, Leish? How about you, Leish? Um, Yeah, echoing everything the both of you are saying. And as well, I was also thinking just, you know, speaking generous words to people because this is looking to Mercury and Sag. It's like speaking those generous words, those hopeful words, those words of belief. Um, You know, we were talking earlier in the pre-show chat about the wind beneath our wings and it's just that kind of sentiment of, you know, um, my friendships have really supported me in recent weeks and I know how much that 
builds you up. So it's like that pay it forward, that offering it to others, noticing those small things where people may need a little bit of encouragement or a little bit of support and to be in that generous space with them, especially after the, the Mercury retrograde in Scorpio. So yeah, it's just that opportunity to, to be that kind of larger than life. And I think, you know, Full moons are usually fairly emotional anyway. It is air, um, but I think that Neptune will bring in the emotional aspect of it as well. So that overwhelm, I have to agree 100% with what you're both saying of like taking the time to retreat, taking the space that you need um, and not necessarily having to do all the things that the silly season can bring on. Totally. And Leash, you just reminded me there of something that you know, I learned about in therapy and counseling over the years, which is the idea of assume the most generous intent mm. of other people. You know, so often our interactions get dragged down because we think that somebody's coming at us in a negative or an attacking or a judgmental way. And that look may have been true to a certain extent with this longer Mercury and Scorpio period. But yeah, what you're sort of saying is that idea of the full moon in Gemini being ruled by Mercury and Sag. It's okay to, because basically this is a strategy to improve relationships, is to mm -hmm. have that genuine sense of if they're not trying to attack me and they're just coming from, you know, if, if I could see what, what positive place might this person be coming from, um, you know, so assuming that they're coming from a positive place, which can turn down your reactions to them instead of feeling, you know, that you're being judged or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a beautiful thing. I think that's probably really great advice for this time of year when there's just so much. Like it's it's excessive mental stimulation is the full moon in Gemini too. So, mm. you know, busy brains and, and potentially some trouble sleeping would, would also be a very normal part of this full moon. Yeah, yeah. And there's always, yeah, I think what you're saying about that, it's like if you're going to make assumptions, make positive ones. Make positive Don't. ones, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. I mean, we shouldn't yeah. make assumptions to start with, but we all do. That's yeah. human nature. Um, yeah. 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 Totally. What about you, Cass? Cool. You, did you say um, everything you wanted to say there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I could over-Gemini this thing, but I think I'm Totally. Done. <laughs> I love it. Go on. I love go it. On. <laughs> I guess... Um, the next one is uh, your aspect, Kel. Oh, yeah. So I went for something a little different because, you know, often we do talk about like the Venus aspects and the Mars aspects and the Mercury stuff, and, and they do flavor our weeks and things like that. But the aspect that I want to focus on, it's it's an aspect I think is really important in December, mm. but I do think it's getting totally overshadowed by the stuff that's happening at the end of the month, and, and perhaps greatly so, but it is still an important aspect. And this is Jupiter yeah. in Capricorn, trine Uranus in Taurus. And it's happening on Sunday, December 15, uh, in Canada and the States. And I think that's going to be strongest for you gals in Australia the next on day, Monday. on Monday the yeah. 16th. Yeah, and it's 5 a.m. here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's a slower moving aspect because Jupiter is the faster of the two planets and Jupiter is pretty slow. So I think we're going to feel it for a solid two days before and after mm. and at least. And, you know, this is really, it's the first major aspect that Jupiter and Capricorn makes. And it's the first time we've got a really big planet interacting with Uranus in Taurus. 
And both those planets, Jupiter and Cap, Uranus and Taurus, they are setting the scene for 2020. We're going to run with both of those cycles in that sign-based trine for the next 12 months. So in addition to creating a little bit of um, stimulation, like it, it's a weird combination because usually Jupiter Uranus is like excitement and breakthroughs and innovation and trying new things. But this is the most steady, stable or planned version of Jupiter Uranus because they're both in Earth signs while they're making that aspect. And so Jupiter Uranus here, I think, is asking you to think differently about the plans or even the pieces of your life. If you imagine your life as like a chessboard or a monopoly board or something, and you're like, where could I be more strategic or how could I move the pieces and the time commitments around so that I get... Uh, maybe more fulfillment or more meaning, or I get more freedom or the chance to be more authentic. Uh, there's a lot of innovation here. And I think then, yeah, speaking into the larger cycles, uh, you know, we're going to get a sense of what Jupiter and Capricorn, where that's going to bring some opportunities, because this is a little mm. bit of a lucky aspect. It's not lucky in like, oh, you've won the lotto, you never have to work again, but it's like getting a good deal on something or the pieces of a complex situation slotting in better than you expected. There is a bit of that um, kind of breakthrough. So I'm really excited about this and I think it'll give a, a fun feeling for the weekend, but it's also going to ask you to yeah do the moving of the pieces uh, around. But I'm curious to hear what both of you think about this aspect too. Um. For me, I feel like it actually marks a turning point in the month mm -hmm. because the beginning of the month is flavoured with a lot of Neptune energy, a lot of that kind of, you know, and, and a bit more of the grounded feminine. But this is really the first of the Uranus and the and then heading into the eclipse season. So this is the first thing where we shake things up. So, I yeah, and as you were saying, Kel, the fact that this is the first time that Uranus has been triggered by a major outer planet, mm. it really will highlight and grow and, and show us what the story around Uranus in Taurus has been for many of us since 2018 and ways that we can take that and grow it, expand it, use it, because this is a harmonious trine in these two Earth planets. The image, the analogy I keep getting is like the archaeologist mm. who's, who's digging away and chipping away and suddenly finds this piece of evidence he's been looking for that totally changed his thoughts about the civilization he's been researching or something like that. So it may be for us, it's like these brand new perceptions around everything that Uranus and Taurus has been trying to show us. It's like a that aha moment, that light bulb moment of like, oh, if I just switch this around this way, this can happen. Yes. You know, the positivity of this can come through or, you know, it just changes the way I reflect on that story and, and hopefully for a new, new and more positive, benef beneficial way of looking at things. So, and I think that then will set the tone for things as we head into the eclipse and as we mm. head into Christmas and, and a lot of the Uranus transits that are going to be happening over the next few weeks. So, yeah. What about you, Cass? What are your thoughts around it, hun? Yeah, it's one of the things I'm quite excited for with the month, not going to lie about that. And, you know, it's interesting too that this is a, you know, it's, it's a brief, it's not a repetitive aspect. So it only is a one-hit wonder, but, um you know, Jupiter's only been in Capricorn for not even two weeks at this point. So it's mm. having this kind of interaction. So it almost um, kind of, it's almost like this invite to have a real perspective shift on what you thought things might be versus what they are. And, <clears throat> and maybe like reframe some of the 
the earth stuff in your life and if and in your chart that has been a bit shaken up or disrupted in some way and maybe it's like okay things haven't quite turned out the way I thought they were going to turn out but you know believing in those changes and if it's not this thing that I thought it would be it's Mm. actually going to be something better it's not like a a trine between Jupiter and Sag and Uranus in um, Aries like we've just sort of you know been through that this is a bit more of a a practical, I think you might have even said strategic type of manoeuvre mm. here yes. where, yes. Um, you know, when it comes to perhaps some of the, the Jupiter visions or the Jupiter goals or those changes, you know, the deep disruptive things, the restlessness within you, mm. it's like well, if you're feeling those disruptions or eruptions, it's like, okay, well, believe in that, trust in that and go with that because Despite the signs, Jupiter and Uranus are both planets that represent freedom, that represent Mm. authenticity. But in signs that kind of want to toe the line or do the thing that is uh, expected or um, predictable. So there is this kind of straddling like what I want to do versus maybe what I should do. But I think in the big picture, it's Jupiter. It's about the perspective shift and the reframe and Mm. trust in how maybe like the pieces on the chessboard or whatever it is, whatever analogy you want to use, trust in the way that things are changing, shifting and moving. And you may not know what that looks like yet or you may not be able to hedge your bets on it, but it's still something that is sort of going to solidly carry you through. It is a trying, you know, so there is something about – you know, not a shock or a disruption, but a strategic change or a shift or move that will probably either maybe not necessarily get you to where you want to be, but somewhere better. And I think mm. that's the, the Jupiter piece. It's it's either this thing or it's better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big, it is that sort of earthy, it's like the rumbles in the ground, isn't it? Of like, how do we want to rearrange or do this differently? And I like what you were saying, Cass, about the perspective shift in terms of, you know, when you start to see things differently or your understanding of the big picture changes, then the decisions you make about time and daily commitments are going to shift as well. Yeah, Yeah, I know in my recent uh, Jupiter and Capricorn lecture, I um, quoted, um, you know, a powerlifter guy I've been following for over a decade. And when it comes to like weight loss, uh, you know, any goal that you have, I mean, it's like you can't keep doing what you've always done and expect something different. Mm. So that's the sort of challenge under this thing. And I mean, if you think about it, this is the time of year where maybe we are starting to think about in, in larger ways too, what are our goals for next year? Not only next year, but next decade. And if you don't like where you're positioned, there's your cue, you know, do something different, try a new approach, Mm. stretch your perspective on a situation um, and still use that grounded practical approach but but allow your mind to be a little bit rubber banded in the same time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's not reckless in any way, is it? I think that's the difference between this aspect happening with the planets in Earth signs. It is that sense of I want to, you know, think about this or do my research and come up with something that I can roll out over the next weeks or months. Yeah. yeah. 
And this is in an area of, of a lot of people's, well, of everybody's charts where yes. we've been letting a lot of stuff go, you know, so it's almost like that sense of, okay, well, what's possible now with this? These yeah. sudden insights drop in of like, okay, you know, the, the, the table's clear, where can I place things now? What, what can I put down and, and how will that look? And yeah, I did have another thought, but it's fallen out of my head. So <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> It does remind me a few months ago, um, you know, I helped a little bit, uh, you know, with my ex in his house and, um, you know, he got a bobcat in, he dug up all the lawn and, you know, redid garden beds and everything. And, um, you know, I'm a decent gardener, so I'd got all these cuttings and what have you for him. And I remember kind of we had this like ground zero of a backyard and it was like, okay, where can we plant this thing? Mm. And where can we plant that thing? And, yeah. you know, wherever the Capricorn part of your life is, there is a sense of ground zero. And Uranus mm -hmm. coming along, it might bring in those brilliant insights of where you're going to put that plant and where you're going to put that thing and what are you going to do here? And that it just flows, like that creativity when you have nothing is yes. actually quite really profound. It's when you have that busyness of Jupiter and Sagittarius. It's sort of like almost overwhelming, but now we've got a stillness and there's just this beautiful steady growth coming through with, with Jupiter and Cap. So, and mm. being so fresh in the cycle, as I mentioned, it might give you that insight or inkling as to what this longer transit of Jupiter and Capricorn might bring for you, those the fresh possibilities that may not feel quite as visible until we get to that part of uh, the Jupiter trine Uranus. So it's almost like a little window or a preview aspect that's been a little bit forgotten about that I think can perhaps just give that little bit of inspiration or um, bolt out of the blue that's, oh, this is the thing I need to do, and then, you know, get your ducks lined up, so to speak. Yes. Super cool. So that's so, the end of the week for yeah. us. Yeah, we did it. It's done. It's on a roll. Yeah. So what have you girls got going on this week? Well, this week I don't have anything on per se, but I do have a couple of things to let our listeners know about. This week is uh, client week, so just doing consults. Last week in Belgium for me, actually. Next week I'll fly out to Australia for a couple of weeks. Uh, so what I want to let people know about is my year ahead webinar, which is coming up on January the 3rd or 4th, depending on where you are. Um, the info for that is on my homepage. But more excitingly, well, even more excitingly, I will be teaching a one-day year ahead planning workshop in Sydney in January and also in New York at, on the 1st of February. So the details for that are on my website as well. So if anybody either... Uh, there'll be different material in the webinar and compared to the workshops. Um, so if you're looking to get all inspired for what's happening astrologically 2020, uh, I've got lots of offerings to help you with that. Uh, so that's it from me. What about you gals? Leishi? How about you, Cass? Um, well, I'm not doing a new moon gathering this month, mostly because of, hey, it's an eclipse, yep. uh, but I am doing an eclipse webinar. So that is going to be on the, I'm pretty sure it's the 11th. I have timing somewhere, but anyway, details for joining in that and being part of that are come uh, on my website. So hop along and register if you want to be part of it. And 
also to say for us as the Water Trio, keep an ear out for a bonus episode that we are dropping this week. Oh, um, excellent. So That's right. We said- that is coming out this week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to pretend so- I know what we're talking about. Oh, yes, that thing we did. Yes, yes. I remember now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Speaking of the year ahead. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. So we do have an right. uh, exciting year ahead bonus episode coming up. So, yeah, keep an ear out for that. What about you, Cass? What have you got going on, honey? Yeah, I mean, it's just that kind of like nosedive into the end of the year, busy with consults. Um, I do have a webinar planned for 2020, I think, the year ahead. I think that's on maybe the 12th. I can't remember. Um, but that will be on the website, no doubt, before the episode comes out. Um, but yeah, nothing sort of like super exciting to, to launch right now, but, um, yeah, just consults to the end of the year and that next webinar is coming up. Cool. Yay. Thanks girls. Thanks everyone. Enjoy the Gemini full moon week. Yeah. Yeah. Social vibes and all of that sort of thing. Mercury and Sag, bring it on. Yeah, exactly. All the connections. Yes. Totally. Yep. All righty. Well, until next week, enjoy the full moon and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.